0: Hi, and welcome to number six of the Getting Things Done podcast from the GTD Nordic. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Lars Svorskjell-Hendriksen. Hello,
1: Lars. Hi, Morten. Happy to be here for the last of the five steps episodes.
0: Yeah, me too. This is where uh, the shovel hits the ground, where the work is done. This is an interesting um, and one of the most important things that you can do to make sure you make the most meaningful work, um, you must know what is important for you, you need to know, um, uh, figure out uh, where am I, how much time do I have, how much mental energy, and so forth. Um, but we will dive into the, the nooks and crannies of this. But Lars, could you give me um, an overview of what, what is the engaged step?
1: Yeah sure. So maybe just to recap for those of you who haven't listened before if you're new to this, uh our goal is really to support you in using the GTD methodology to to clear your mind, to stay present with whatever you're doing, uh to achieve stress-free productivity and we hope to help you uh, and that you find these uh, episodes valuable regardless of your um, experience and especially this last of the five steps I think is one of the really uh, obviously they're all critical but this is this is really important as you were also hinting at Morton so this step is about figuring out what to do what makes sense to you, and also different perspectives on your work what does your uh, what types of work do you actually engage in what type of work should you engage in at any at any given time Uh, and how do you prioritize uh, etc so really really an interesting uh, step to to dive into
0: yes it is yes it is so so we've uh, captured everything that has our attention uh, in a place where we trust and we trust our practice to do this, we will get an empty head. Then when we have an empty head, we need to clarify on a regular basis, at least we recommend every 24 hours as a minimum, uh, anything that's come through you in your inboxes where you capture, that you captured, we clarify what it means to you and uh, if you need to do something about it, if, if anything, and then park the result of this on your lists. We call that organize. And then when you've organized things into a list, you need to reflect on your total overview of your commitments to make sure you're on the right track, doing the right things. You do this as often as you need, but at least once a week to make sure things stay out of your head. And now when we come to engage, you need to make sure you make meaningful progress on the most important things. Because if you don't do meaningful um, progress on them, you will not feel comfortable and things will start moving to your head again. So, keep your head clear, present and problem solving and creative is what we want to achieve with with the Getting Things Done methodology and to make sure that your head is as empty as it needs to be to be the most creative in the moment. So, what are the first things we will look at when we have our lists? When I decided... um, to do anything, and I want to work off my lists, um, what is the first things I will look at, Lars?
1: Well, you're hitting on what we call the limiting criteria, and the first thing for you to take into consideration when picking a right next action to do is, well, where where am I? What could I actually do at, at this time? So that's what we call the the context, and if you remember back to um, the episode about organizing, then, uh, then you may remember that we uh, talked about having the right list to place these next actions on. So they are typically based on where you are uh, physically, or if you have any specific tools or any people's attention available to you so uh, the context could be you're at the office you're at a computer you're at the summer house you are in a staff meeting you have your uh, boss's attention whatever it, it might be uh, that's the that's the context the second step would then be, well, uh, how much time do I have available? Uh, what makes sense for me to work on? So I've picked up the appropriate lists. Uh, what, what could I actually make progress on now? Okay, well, I have, let's say, 45 minutes until my next meeting. Well, that, that eliminates some of the options that might take, take more time. And the last one is your resources, as you also hinted at in the beginning one so how can I choose what's what's right to do for me? well, taking your your energy, for example, energy levels into consideration, there are things that make sense for you to do at given times during the day um, for me, it's things like writing an article, uh, coming up with the uh, idea for an article. I can do that when I'm toast because my mind will just wander and come up with uh, interesting ideas. But actually sitting down and focusing on writing a good article, well, that <laughs> has to happen on a specific specific time of the day. Uh, otherwise, I I know the article will be well, will not be the the right standard.
0: Exactly. I, the last part here is that when you first know what can I do where I am and given the tools I have, and then how, how much time do I have um, given to make this happen, then the mental energy is, uh, you know, critical. I remember once uh, one of the first seminars I gave back in uh, twenty. 2013 I think I did this there was a managing director coming up to me after the seminar saying this Morten this was great and especially this about mental resources because he he always before picked the most important things to work at you know the what has this you know the most value for him to solve um, and sometime he was toast and he tried to for instance make a a powerpoint for mm. a presentation for his um, his board uh, in the company he works and uh, he did that at night and he used a long time making a crappy PowerPoint presentation. He told me I could make a much better one if I waited uh, to, to the following morning where I have the mental energy to make a good one in one hour. So make sure you take your mental resources into consideration and, and, and make sure you pick something that's, that's um That's appropriate. So now we know where we are. We know what options we have based on where we are and the tools we have. We know how much time we know, how much we have for making this. And then we have how much um, mental resources do we have? So what's, what's next for, for picking?
1: Well, just to add to that resources step, that's something that I'm continually working on myself, and I can certainly recognize what what your managing director referred to, always trying to to push yourself to work on the most important stuff, and and I can recognize that also from participants in Denmark that they they come up to me and they 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 see these and they see that they make sense, and they can also recognize that. Well, I always just you know try to organize by most important, but really take learning to to work with these uh, you know the resources resources that you have available that's that's really a, a really helps your productivity and and you're also your you know how you feel about your work and how you feel about your day it makes it more fun that you have the the right task for the right time but as you said now uh, what if we have more options left what is there something more we can do we've now taken context time resources into consideration well then we come to priority and when we talk about priorities in GTD we talk about the horizons of focus so uh, so these are various i would call them levels of zoom that you can zoom in on your life Uh, how detailed uh, are we looking at right now and to to quickly run through them uh, there are six different horizons of focus starting at the bottom we have the ground level and that's where you find your next actions your calendar events over that we have horizon one which are your projects. Uh, so your projects are all the multi-step outcomes that you are committed to, to working on up to a timeline of, I think, 12 months is the, the usual time for for projects. Above that, we have horizon two, which are your areas of focus, uh, or areas of focus and accountability. I think we used to call them as well. So things you are responsible for, or things you have your focus on. So that, that uh, that uh, is both for your personal life and also for your work so what is your job description say what do you have your attention on at home that you want to maintain at a certain certain standard Above that, you have Horizon 3, so those are goals and objectives, and that means that we are now looking slightly further into the future, maybe one or two years. What are you trying to achieve uh, in that time frame? And and similarly, Horizon 4, which is vision. Now we're three to five years into the future, and I'm not trying to, to plan too detailed here, but if everything works out really well, what do you want to make uh, have happen in, in three to five years? And last but not least, Horizon 5 is where you find your purpose and principle. What is your own or what are your own purpose and principles and also for your company? So these all guide you in, in making that um, decision. So how do you use these is there anything you would add to those Horizon to focus mods?
0: No, nothing but but making sure that when you know this this model is just a model for for helping you understand what is valuable for you in your life. What is uh, what what do you cherish in life? What is important to you? To make sure that when you make a priority decision, you make them by purpose and values, uh, not by littlest and loudest. And um, the more you are in in contact with what's important for you on a really long turn basis like this is what purpose is your life where are you where do you want your company to be in in 100 years if it's still alive you know this, this these are important and uh, good questions to ask yourself and they can be good guidelines for when both when you pick what you need to do but also when you go for the the clarify step so if you know what's important to you it's easier to say no to things that's not important to you so um, but this horizons of focus would i guess be a chapter in the future podcast where we will dive into them it's this is very very interesting um i like this is this is one of my favorite things of the g t d methodology uh, but it is uh, for a future episode to dive into so but when we have understand what's important to us, we can use that as uh, the last um uh, limiting criteria, if you know where you are, what you have of tools, you know what time you have, what mental resources you have, and then you will are stuck with a value uh, or, or um, uh, a proposition where you would uh, have to decide, let's say you have five things, what is the most important things to move on, what will give you best payoff right now. And then to understand what's valuable for you will make it, that decision easier. So <clears throat> then... But before we actually come to this, it's um, uh, before we go to to actually do what we call planned work, which is very important and that you actually pick something to work on. uh, We need to talk about the threefold nature of of work. Um, This is um, very basic, but it is actually three... Uh, you can divide your day into three parts, no matter how long or how short your day is when you work. And what what are these three? Three parts you can divide it into, Lars.
1: Yeah, so there are there are three types of of work, and the first one is planned, as you say. So this is working from your from your lists. This is working, you know, attending the meetings that you have in your calendar. Those are the types of planned work. Um, and then all of us experienced unplanned work, so things that show up, uh, you know, customers calling you, colleagues walking over to your desk asking you uh, to help with various things. That's the unplanned work and the last part is to define your work so that means processing your inboxes updating your system getting it all in there so you can make the most uh, or the, the right choice when you you know sit down to do your planned work so uh, so when I sit down to do my my work I will for example check my calendar to see when when is my next uh, appointment and then I will dive into either planned work or or perhaps defining work so getting to the bottom of my inbox mm-hmm. or working from my my lists and I find that um, the, you know, giving people this uh, perspective on their work, uh, it helps with a lot of things. But one thing that it helps with uh, for, for many that I meet is that they they tend to say that they are driven by their inbox. That's how their day, uh, uh, you know, full unfolds. So they will literally pick up whatever shows up in, in their inbox and run with it. And that's that's not what we recommend, uh, and we, have, you know, this has been a methodology that's been in place for many years. But I think, especially now with the way that people often live by their inbox, I think this this perspective is really becoming even more valuable.
0: Yeah, uh, 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 just to reflect on the fact that you actually have a choice to not uh, only read email, but you can then read email and uh, define your work out of emails instead of being driven by the email just. Start working on it is this, the GTD methodology helps you to go from reactive to proactive and, uh, you have to set aside time to define your work. This is knowledge worker, uh, one-on-one. This is the normal, this is how it's done. <laughs> yeah, if you don't define your work, you will, you will only be driven by the latest and loudest and you will not be able to be proactive. So set aside time to, to define your work so you can do some planned work after. that. You put things in your calendar, you put things on the next actions list, and then you will use the the, the, um, uh, the limiting criteria to, to help you pick what to do. And, and then lately, uh, sorry, latest, you will then be able to make good decisions on what unplanned work you should let in, invade yourself. And it is, um, you know, When I talk to people about this, there is two very um, powerful forces at play in the knowledge workers' universe today. One is the ability and the necessity of concentration. If you don't have concentration over a long time as a knowledge worker, sometimes that is absolutely um, necessary to have. If you don't have your, your ability to focus over time, you will not be able to create lasting and good long value. You will not be able to create something that that is um, have lasting value. And and the, the other force that is at play is the nece- uh, necessity to be to communicate with all the p- other people. You really uh, you must have information flowing. You need to talk to your colleagues. You need to know what's the last status of the project. What's happening here? How are we doing? You know this is also. Um, absolutely necessary to to make sure you make meaningful progress, but these forces are fighting. Your ability to concentrate is at all play and in all this fight for communication with others. Others need your attention, but you must make sure that you give the right attention to the right people at the right time to make sure you make the right work. If you're always interrupted by others, you will not do the right work. That's at least um, my experience. If you want to make sure you make the right work, you must set aside time to, to, to do concentrated work as well anything to add to this
1: uh, no that makes uh, that thoughts? makes total sense uh, what I see often also is you know people working uh, and, and it really is, is different for for so many other people that we meet but a lot of people are in you know open open floor plans open offices uh, and trying to manage this having this open door policy being available to your, your direct reports or colleagues while at the same time being able to uh, focus on your work and being able to shut the door uh, this balance can really be be tricky um and also you know what's the what's hmm. the culture like what what are the definitions that you or the boundaries or the principles that you work within you know that can people just walk over and ask uh, some some companies have those you know traffic lights on their on their screen so you can signal red green or uh, or yellow uh, whether you're available or not uh, there are really hmm. many different variations to this and how people manage it, it really really depends on the on, on the culture i find
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I. Th- I think that if you look for uh, what I call healthy culture at you know for for knowledge workers who want to create value is where you there, there is room for make make this balance that you have the room and uh, the understanding by the by the leaders and your bosses at the, at, uh, the office uh, that you actually need to concentrate to create something that has value and it is it is if you if you sneak away into a meeting room to work, it is not because you're lazy, but you want to make good, long-lasting work, um, work of high value for the company. And um, if if this is not uh, your workplace, maybe you should take a <laughs> talk to your boss or maybe find another job, uh, I don't know. <laughs> But but it is, if you want to create lasting value, you need a concentration. If you don't have concentration and it's always uh, destroyed by communication, then maybe you're not doing your job and maybe you're not making the most meaningful progress on the most important things. So, just saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it really, you know, there are many different solutions to, to how to manage this. Um, I also find that, for example, uh, agenda lists are really helpful for people in in open offices so they don't, you know, as soon as something shows up on their radar, the next action is to check with their colleagues, then they don't just run over and check, but they put it on a list and then, you know, uh, they run on with the, go to the next task. And uh, again, if something shows up for that colleague, then instead of interrupting, they they place that on the list. And, and, you know, as soon as people see how beneficial this can be in an open office, uh, Mm. it really makes a big difference that they instead of interrupting each other so many times during the day perhaps we can just you know quickly after lunch uh, run through the lists and then we can go back to working that that really helps
0: mm, exactly exactly okay so so is this you know with defining work then doing planned work and then ad hoc work uh this balance between these three is this um I'm I'm alluding to something I know you know the answer to. <laughs> uh, of course is this is is it universal? Is it the same for all Kind of work, or is it different?
1: No. So uh, to to answer your your uh, your question, <laughs> no. This this is something that we look into. For example, in the seminar, so we we look into well, what's your distribution? Uh, what what can you expect from your work? What what is the actual situation in your work? How much time do you spend on planned work? How much time do you spend on unplanned work? How much time do you spend defining? your work uh and it really varies from from position to position um whether you know well the examples we normally use is obviously a receptionist will have a lot of unplanned work uh, and and that's really their job Uh, contrasting that to a software developer which would be doing a lot of planned work hopefully uh, a big list that they can work from uh and and lastly perhaps a project manager would have more of a a balanced profile but 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 mainly doing, uh, defining work. So really trying to, 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 to get to the bottom, of everything, plan everything. Uh, so they can, can, can manage their, their project. Um, what I would mm. say in general is that, uh, what I find in Denmark is most people, they, they, they write their you know, current distribution. And then after that, they will write their, ideally, if I could, could change something about my work still being realistic. Um, they, they would write down the percentages for that. And, um, what often happens is that the amount of unplanned work is the thing that they are looking to to bring down, so there's too many mm. things uh, showing up and and how can we how can we do that well then that's that's something we can can dive into on on a personal level
0: yeah exactly so so to sum up all of this um, what are the three main headlines we have to look at to make sure that you choose at any point in time, what is the most important thing to do and trusting that choice? What does that depend on?
1: So, that would be the limiting criteria context, where you're at, what tools, what people are available. Second would be time and third would be resources. That's if there are any additional options after that, then the horizons of focus come into play, helping you make a priority decision on what to, uh, what to work on right now. What's the most meaningful thing to, to work on. And the other thing was what we just discussed, the threefold nature of work and whether you're doing, engaging in unplanned work or planned work or defining your work. And I think one of the things that are, is, was was fun to me, at least, to take a step back and reflect, was to uh, really see how the next actions, how easy they are to work with, the power of the next actions. Um, it's um when when I met GTD for the first time, I did uh, didn't didn't really understand uh, how much value there was in finding these next actions, and when you start engaging, starting starting to do work, uh, you know, you really see that that work becomes so much easier. Uh, you know, you wouldn't perhaps have a budget 2019 or 2020 on your list. That's that's impossible to do. But asking Tom for the, the budget numbers for last year, I can I can do that. That's easy. That's that's nice planned work.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. OK, um, I think that's some setup for us today um would you take us to the closing notes lars so sure. we can say goodbye
1: yeah so to find more information about what we just talked about about gtd in the nordics the website to go to is gtdnordic.com, where you will find links to all of the country websites and on those you can find your way to the various you know more information that we we provide with more articles on gtd uh, links to our seminars links to the various communities that we have uh, with meetups uh, on the various platforms facebook linkedin etc and uh, as we like to mention you know if you uh, gain value from this then uh, please do share them with a colleague uh, or or rate us on itunes we'd really appreciate that
0: okay thank you lars and thank you listener for listening to us we hope that you find this valuable and i Hope to hear you, <laughs> not hear you, that you will listen to us next time. Uh, so until next time, have a productive day and week and uh, weeks and um, good luck with learning GTD.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.